Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Wednesday the 24th of March. My name is Sam Kozlowski and helping me make sense of today's news is Zara Seidler. Making news today. The PM talks about women. Victorian COVID restrictions relaxed. Some good news about Michigan. And a breakdown of investments in climate change. Here's today's Daily Digest. Prime Minister Scott Morrison has pledged to improve the treatment of women in Parliament, saying in a press conference he had been doing a lot of listening over this last month. Of note, the Prime Minister announced he was very open to the idea of quotas, and we put up an explainer of quotas last night on our Instagram. He also addressed the reports of lewd acts inside Parliament, saying he was shocked and disgusted and that the reports were shameful. And some awesome news for Victorians. Acting Premier James Molino has announced a further easing of restrictions in the state from Friday. So from 6pm on Friday, just in time for the weekend, Victorians will no longer be required to wear masks in supermarkets and retail settings. Though you will have to wear a mask in an Uber, in a taxi or in hospitals. Victorians will be able to have gatherings of up to 100 people in their homes and up to 200 people outdoors. You can check out the full list by swiping up on our Instagram story. Ten people have been killed in a shooting at a grocery in Boulder County, Colorado. Eyewitnesses have described a man in full tactical gear first opening fire in the car park, then moving into the store, killing ten, including a policeman. It is understood the person of interest is in custody and police are still investigating the motive. And to some good news, the state of Michigan in the US is offering a free community college program called Futures for Frontliners for Essential Workers – This program's pretty cool and what it will do is provide frontline workers without college degrees with tuition-free access to local community college to pursue an associate degree or skills certificate, either full-time or part-time while they work. So for today's deep dive, I thought we'd have a look at the intersection between climate change and investments. Most of us at least have a super fund, which does the investment for us. And quite a lot of us we know now invest via apps like Robinhood and online trading platforms. And when we take a step back and think about what we're actually investing in, it's pretty interesting how much power our money has. It is interesting, but why are you talking to me about it today? So a group called Climate Action 100 Plus is in the headlines at the moment, and they are right in the middle of this intersection. They're a group of investors, but these investors have billions and billions of dollars in the market. They're 575 of the top investors in the world, and they have a combined wealth in the market of 54 trillion US dollars. So this group took a look at 159 global companies, including 12 Aussie companies, to assess how much they're actually doing to fight climate change. They've basically done so and said, if we find that you're not doing enough, we're going to withdraw our funds. And that's a scary prospect for a lot of these companies that rely on these massive dollars to fund their business. Now, the report found that only three of the 12 Australian companies had a clear strategy to meet their goals of net zero emissions by 2050. Those three companies were BHP, Rio Tinto and Santos. The results were not good. Just over half the companies surveyed had publicly announced a net zero carbon emissions goal by 2050 at all, and only 9% had targets to reduce most emissions in their supply chain. You have to remember that the investors are coming at this point from two different angles. One, I think they genuinely care about the health of the planet and that they are willing to let their immense wealth do the talking for them. But it's not all pure. They are up for some really severe financial loss 
if climate change keeps eventuating. And there's physical and transitional loss. A physical loss from climate change could be something like if you're running an insurance company and you have to pay out insurance claims from something like, I don't know, the New South Wales floods, that can put a huge dent in your bottom line. And those extreme weather events are going to be becoming more and more frequent if climate change keeps getting worse. The transitional effects for investors are things like having exposure to companies that might be heavily invested in coal because you bought shares in 1990 that now aren't going to be making much money because they're not taking the steps to invest in green energy. That's a serious problem and will mean that there's lower returns for these big wigs. It feels like we hear quite often from companies about what they're doing in the sustainability sphere or about their carbon footprint. So why is there this apparent incongruence between what we're hearing and what we're seeing in actual action? We often hear about companies who implement a sustainability index or take a step to reduce their carbon footprint. But what this report focused on directly links to the targets set by the Paris Agreement especially that key target of net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2050. Also, whether they had allocated enough actual cash to achieving these goals. It's all very well and good when a company says they're going to achieve it, but if they're not investing in getting there, it's not going to happen. So do you think that the 575 investors that make up this group are actually going to pull their money from these companies? In a weird way, it's kind of up to us. It's kind of up to how much public pressure these massive investors feel to keep their portfolios green. If they have clients who are just happy with profits, then they're not going to change. But if enough people ensure that the money they're making comes from a green source, then something will change and money will be pulled out by these massive investors. This intersection between investment and climate change goes all the way to superannuation, which most young people have. Only last year, a 25-year-old man from Brisbane successfully sued one of Australia's biggest super funds over its handling of climate change. And he actually forced them to commit to net zero emissions for its investments by 2050. Now, if that doesn't show you the change that one person can have, I don't know what will. And on that note, that is all we have time for today. But in the meantime, follow the day's news on Instagram at The Daily Oz. It's where over 95,000 Australians get their news throughout the day and we would love you to become part of the community. 